How's it going, Nashville? This is the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Chris Beavers, where we will unpack all things health and wellness. We will clear up common myths, highlight amazing fitness opportunities, and bring you guys the best information about health here in the great city of Nashville. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast. Today we're hanging out with Jamie Free, owner of Trivium Brentwood, as well as 27 Fitness. And uh, Jamie, man, you've had your hand all over the fitness industry, so this is uh, a, an appropriate uh, conversation to be had. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us today, man. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, dude. So, Jamie, tell us a little bit about your background, man, and uh, kind of how you've come to be today. You know, I'm, I'm kind of old. Um, so I've been around fitness and, and health and wellness a long time. I, I don't exactly have a good base when it came from my youth. Um, half Irish, half Italian. My family was fed three course meals pretty much regularly. So, you know, it, it came down to a point where um, I played sports my whole life and I was just tired of, of being the, the chubby kid that played sports. You know? <laughs> Um, even when I was down here, I think it might have been actually, I, I played at, I went to Franklin Road Academy. Nice. So, and everyone there back then looked like an Abercrombie ad. <laughs> right. And then you got this chubby kid playing D-tackle with a bowl cut, and um, <laughs> it's like one of these things was not like the other. Right. Um, so I got, uh, I mean, I think I was I was probably, the majority of this comes, my, my drive for fitness comes from uh, being bullied. Yeah. You know, I always look at it as either you can succumb to the bullying and you can get bigger, yep. or you can attack it and make sure that you better yourself the way you want to better yourself. Yeah. You know, initially, it, it started like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look like what everyone else wants me to look like. Right. Um, and it, it slowly morphed over a period of time to, you know, where you know I'm comfortable with me, and comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, I, I love that, man. I think that's that's always the best changes in someone's life, right? When when they develop this own internal uh, drive they, and they say, "Look, like I'm going to change my life, whatever that might look like, whether I get fitter or stronger, or, or you know, change my, my diet or nutrition, or, or heck, you know, maybe I'm tired of or on the other end of the spectrum, I'm tired of being poor, so I'm going to go get an education and yeah. and and develop that as well." And it kind of teaches you to own it a little bit, you know, it, as well. So that kind of started your journey, yeah. and then kind of where did you transition to after that? You know, I. I graduated college, I played football in college, I went to Ithaca College nice. and uh, played football there and I, that kind of started, I would say really kind of started the, um, I don't know, like a bigger jump into health and wellness and fitness. Uh, took a job in California uh, with the Sacramento River Counts, which was a, mm-hmm. the Oakland East Minority Organization. And out there I found uh, a nutrition store that was just a little bit different than all the other ones. Yeah. Uh, Max Muscle, um, Natomas, which was in the second round. Yep. Uh, it was a, a place where you went in and they didn't try to sell me. They didn't try to sell me product. They were like, hey, try this or look at this or what are you eating? You know, yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> this is a great conversation. What am I eating? Like, <laughs> what does that matter? Because um, I was a business major at a minor in, uh, in law. So yeah, it cool. was it was not really a... You know, I wasn't exercise science or anything like that. Um, but at that point, it kind of like started to fascinate me. You know, I was like, what am I eating? <laughs> I'm going to start to look at that. Um, and then on the weekends, uh, when I didn't have games for the River Cats or when I moved on to the Sacramento Kings and we didn't have anything going on, uh, it was, uh, I was working there. I decided to take a job because. You know, I was a single guy, and I didn't. Yeah. I'm not super social. Um, I'm not like going out partying or anything like that. So, took a job there on the weekends. Ended up working there as their manager for about six to eight months. Nice. Um, and I got certified in nutrition um, through um, Nesta. Yep. Um, and kind of just sparked everything for me. Um, I decided that I was going to move back here to Nashville. You from here originally? Uh, not originally. I'm originally from Rhode Island. Yep. Um, but I went sixth through ninth grade. I was here. Um, but I decided I was going to move back here. We we're going to op- I was going to open a nutrition store. I was going to open a Max Muscle here. Yep. Uh, and in between that, I, I've met some. I've met. I've been very blessed. Um, in Sacramento, I ended up like working out with and learning from some of the, the greatest that are out there, like Mark, Mark Bell. 
Yeah. Uh, Mark Bell was at the the Team Super Trainer gym, mm -hmm. part of the gym. Camilo Gutierrez was the owner of the gym at the time. It was South Side, uh, not South Side, uh, West Side. Yep. Something like that. Can't remember the exact name. Um, but I mean, learning from some people that made it their life. You know, it yeah. wasn't just you know like a part-time job for them. It was their life. Yeah. And then I had um, Chad Augustine and Sandra Augustine. Chad is, is a games athlete, CrossFit games athlete. So he was doing conditioning with me and I was apparently doing CrossFit then. <laughs> um, I didn't know. I wish I, that was 2005. I wish I had stuck with it. Yeah, right. Um, because, you know, you could walk onto the games at that point. Dude, seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I that is something that I, I credit a lot of what I started with there. Um, yeah. I actually learned how to squat because my division three football, there was no strength <laughs> coach. Yeah. You know, it was some of the ugliest form. I could never clean over <laughs> 295. Yeah, 300 was like mythical number. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, technique goes a long way with your power plan. I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. Um, but from there, you know, I moved back here. I opened cool. the store up and um, I was doing nutrition. I was training clients and I was, you know, I uh, had the store. So there were some days when you first start a business like that. You, you, I mean, I was waking up at 2.30 and rolling into the next day because I would bounce at um, Tin Roof too. Oh, did you make, you were to make some extra money? Yeah, heck yeah. You know, um, so uh, I think personality-wise, I'm more of a type A personality. Yeah, sure. Um, so drive was an issue. Yeah, um, right. But Obviously, if you're getting up at 2 a.m., then, then picking up some late night shifts and just rolling um, with it. A normal day would be wake up 2 a 2, 2.30, go in, do some cardio because I had a key to the gym. And yep. then I would train clients from 5 to 7, go to the store, open the gym. I would have a manager there for midday. So I would go back and I would train clients. And then I would close the store at 7. Then I would go train some more clients, walk over to Tin Roof and Man, close. Grind it, dude. <laughs> you know, but that's, I think that's something lost today. True. You know, I mean, I, people want something given to them without, I, I, I don't know, maybe it, people don't have to pay their dues anymore. But sure. I feel like to really truly respect the industry and respect what you're trying to build, you have to sacrifice. It's so true. So, so true. And, and, and you're going to have some of those dark, tough days where you... Uh, you just gotta, you just gotta make it happen. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And, and I love, I love what you said, right? Hey, I've, I've got to do my dues in, in order to make this happen. And, and you've done that. And now you can kind of look back and say, man, those days were hard, but but they're rewarding, right? Yeah. Once you've done those tough times, you look back, you're like, and I'm glad, I'm thankful I've done that. No, nothing in life is ever like that you didn't have to strive for or work really hard for. Like, it's ever easy. And yeah, it's it, those aren't any good, right? If you didn't have to work for it. Well, obviously, it wasn't a great thing. Well, and that was like 2008. Yeah. So, you know, I just moved back here, and, you know, that's what, 12 years ago, almost yeah. 13 years ago. Time flies. Um, so, you know, looking at that, looking at the landscape of what, like, Cool Springs was, um, there, was there wasn't really anywhere to go. So, yeah. it was like I trained clients at FAC. Yeah. So I was over there. I met some really cool people there. Um, there were some, some good people there, but I didn't start really fitnessing like CrossFit mm -hmm. until 2012. Yeah. How did you get into that? You know, <laughs> so my store, I, I sponsored a lot of athletes and right. Derek Robinson, um, he is uh, one of the athletes I sponsored and I went to support him at one of the competitions, well, it was the Open in 2012 mm -hmm. and it was like the first workout was seven minutes of burpees. And I'm looking at it, I'm watching these people do it. I'm like, burpees, I can do burpees. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy. So I, uh, I decided I was gonna do the workout. <laughs> and I came out a little too hot. <laughs> I think easy I, to do with burpees? It was, it was not a smart thing. Um, I've never been in that much pain for seven minutes of work in my life. I think I laid around for like an hour. Yeah. And um, I told him the next day, I was like, I'll give you a year. Get me, get me somewhere. Get me. I was like, get me the regionals, whatever. Yeah. And um, I fell in love with it, man. It's like every day, like I'm eight years into it. Every day is a challenge. It's not nothing. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go do bench press today, or yeah. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go squat today. I mean, every day is something that uh, is difficult um, and challenging to me. Uh, whatever you want to call it, whether it's CrossFit, functional fitness, it doesn't matter yeah. to me. Um, 
it's challenging yourself to to be better on a daily basis is really what it should be called. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah, right. That's a great name for it, and that ties over too. I think there's so many parallels between fitness and life as well. Exactly what you just said, right? Hey, you got to do your time from a business standpoint or in the fitness industry in order to, to kind of make it, so to speak. Same thing in fitness, right? Like when you're ready to, you're sucking wind three right. minutes into those burpees and you're ready to call it a day, it's like, hey, are you going to keep grinding or are you yeah. going to just lay there? You know what I mean? And it's, again, it's do better at life, you know? It's well, like, I mean, you definitely learn some toughness, you know? And yeah. I think you learn about yourself and where your limits are. Uh, and I think understanding those limits allows you to put a plan together to, to better those limits. Yeah. To push them a little bit. It's a, it's a blast, man. It's yeah. a blast. So that was kind of your intro to CrossFit. Yeah. Obviously you, you co-own, you know, Trivium Brentwood now. Yeah. How did, how did that come to be? You know, I, I actually coached, um, I've been, I feel like I've been at a lot of gyms. Um, <laughs> so I started at CrossFit Middle Tennessee, which is yep. now CrossFit Zoetic. Yep. Um, and that was like in a shed and behind, um, the Franklin Bowling Alley. Yeah. It was like this tiny place that had like you know, beat up equipment. It was it was what CrossFit like used to be. Used to be, yeah. Um, and then I was at I went to six one five. We were trying to put a team in regionals, right. and they I went down there and started working out, and I ended up making it myself as an individual. Nice. Um, and then from there, I transitioned to CrossFit Cool Springs. Yeah. Um, and I worked with the owner there to build their. I was their morning coach and yep. handled all that stuff and I worked to uh, build that program up. Uh, we had a slight falling out and mm-hmm. I moved on to not coaching anymore. I was just at CrossFit Talon, which is yep. now OPEX, OPEX Franklin. Um, so, you know, I was there for a year and I, I think, again, I've been very lucky. Like Every move I made, it, you like look back at them and that was a really good move. Yeah, yeah. But it looked, at the moment, I was like, Man, what am I going to do? You know, uh, but sitting for a year and learning from like just talking to Dennis Cheatham. Yeah, that dude is smart. Yeah, like, he is smart and he is very, um, I would say, structured in, yeah. in terms of how he handles things. And I learned a lot in that year. Um, so long story short, from there I was like, man, I really want to coach him. Yeah. So. Um, Brentwood Hills mm-hmm. was over by Target, and I was I walked in there, and I was like, they had just had bought uh, Nate Dodd um, and two other owners had just purchased, and they were like looking for coaches, and I was like, great, I'll start Perfect. coaching. So I started coaching there, and they were about to move to a bigger place. They were going to change, they changed the name and everything. It's now Trivium. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Trivium because there's three owners. Oh, okay, so, gotcha. I was about to ask what yeah, was so, the, yeah, that's what the, was the name. And that's cool. So we we. We were talking about programs and things like that, and I, you know, we had discussed how how I would be buying, I could buy in. Mm-hmm. So I bought in small percentage, nothing yeah. crazy, um, and then we moved. And flash, fast forward to this point, and it's just Nate and I, nice. and it's um, it's about as cohesive as it could be. Right. I mean, we had a lot of changes. We had four owners. Now we had two owners. We had some other things going on in the gym. We that are no longer going on there. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think that for everyone involved, it's, it's a much better situation. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a crazy journey over the last eight years. I've been at one, two, <laughs> five gyms. Man, crazy. Um, and uh, I had enough equipment to, at one point, <laughs> open my own by myself. Yeah. Um, I was stockpiling for a little while. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's this is, I believe this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Right and then how did uh, how did you know two seven? Yeah. How did how did that fit into the story? You know, so as soon as I started working in the, the wellness area, right. I, I started my own LLC. Nice. My college football number was twenty seven. Oh, I love and that's it. like I was like, all right, I'll just put this down and then I'll change it later if I yeah. have to. And I just never changed it, you know. So um, that's it's cool. always been a part of what I do. It's my it was my training company. It's now how I train under what I train athletes. It's what I do nutrition under for the last 12 years. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of one of those things that you're like, all right, well, I just need a name. And now it's kind of stuck, you know, yeah. instead of two, 27, two, seven fitness is two, seven health and wellness. Yep. But you know, the two, seven has been such an ingrained part of, of me from college on. So, um, 
um, it's it's important and it, and it means a lot. So. Yeah, absolutely, and it's almost kind of it's been on this journey with you. I mean, you, you've got such an interesting story where you you you've dabbled in so much good stuff, yeah. even personally, and then obviously professionally with engaging with other people and learning from them as well. That I think that those this create the best uh, companies, right? Because yeah. you've because you've worked with so many different people, you've got all this interesting perspective on how how am I going to make this my own too? You yeah. know what I mean? And I think it's so cool. Well, it's one of the things that I learned when I was out in California was that you know business can't be about money. It has to be about people. Like what I do, it, it, it would be nothing without people. Yeah, so absolutely. Building relationships and, and being more of a relationship-based company rather than like just trying to cycle people through and get as many people as possible. Like you know, like gym launches and things right. like that. I I can't stand that stuff. Yeah. Because it's people are numbers. Yeah, um, which is frustrating when, yeah. when people become numbers yeah. and not people. And like fitness, for someone who's looking to transform their life, this is a very personal journey. And if you're going to treat them like a number and not a person, then that journey could be derailed really quickly. Dude, absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I think that's a frustrating thing for a lot of people, right? When, when they suddenly just show up to, to a gym and I'm just punching the, yeah. the number, again, it's another excuse to get in the way of somebody's fitness journey. Right. right? And we need to, as not only a fitness community, but just professionals in general, right, remove all of the stops to, to prevent that from happening. And that's what you're talking about and that's what I love to do as well by saying, hey, I don't want an injury to be to yeah. be an issue with someone's fitness journey. And I love that you kind of embody that mission. Yeah. Like, hey, this is a human being, it's a person yeah. first. So well, we were talking about that before. Like, yeah. people stop treating people like people. It's like, the worst. I was always raised. I'm like, treat people how you want to be treated. It's simple. And no one wants to be treated like another number. No one yeah. wants to be treated like they don't matter. You know, and I, I think that the money grab and the thought process that people really just need to like get the more people the better. Yeah. I limit how many people I work with a month because I can't give the same uh, approach to everyone if I'm overloaded. Yeah. So I had to cut back my the amount of people that I took on a month. Right. Of so, you know, and if that means I'm I pass someone on to someone else or someone goes somewhere else, then that's what's supposed to happen. Right. Yeah. Which, which I think people appreciate that, right? When, when you say, hey, look, I'm, I'm keeping this small and simple uh, so that I can serve you best as yeah. opposed to saying, or, or even saying, hey, you might be a better fit for someone else. Yeah. Like They're going to appreciate that so much more than you trying to take their money and then just drag them down the trail and, and well, use it as a money grab. And I think that's the funny part about this, this whole industry is that there's not enough people that want or feel comfortable enough to work together. Yeah. Like if I pass someone to someone else, I'm not worried that they're gonna have a better experience with someone else. I'm worried that, you know, I'm actually not worried if I'm passing them on. Yeah. It's more about like, all right, this is gonna be a good fit for you. And then that'll be a good journey for them. I don't wanna send someone away and be like, oh, well, you know, I don't really care about them, so they can, someone else can have them. Yeah. You know, so there's not enough people in this industry, and I've contacted other, nutrition coaches and like, hey what's your approach maybe I have you know and you'd be amazed at the amount of people that don't even respond don't, it's crazy. don't care like and I'm like I'm not looking to take stuff from you I'm yeah. looking just in case I have too many so I can pass it on right absolutely uh, again that and that scarcity kind of abundance mindset right if yeah. we always live in this scarcity mindset suddenly Dude, everyone's is, a dollar sign this is the south there is not a scarcity amount <laughs> There's a lot of people that have poor habits, and I think that the more people that have a good approach and an open mind, the better off it is. Absolutely. Well, and we talked about this before as well. It's like no other time in history has health suddenly been highlighted, right? Like yeah. the people like you and I who are healthy and young, right? Like the COVID symptoms are so minimal that most people don't even know they have it versus you got one underlying condition, you know, diabetes or, or obesity. like. These are the two leading causes of death in these people. Well, it's just it's crazy. That's the number one. Like, more, um, what do they say? Morbalities. Yeah. Are seventy five percent the reason or the cause of death in any COVID person that that passes away? It's crazy. You know, I mean, you got to take care of yourself. Uh, when people say you, you're the health, your health is your wealth. It, it's 
it is true. Yeah. Like you're also want to be around for your kids and your kids going walking down the aisle or graduating college or you know if you're not taking care of yourself you could you could be taking that away from them dude exactly it's it's crazy in my industry and i'm sure you've seen it as well right like there's some 50 year olds you know trying to compete in crossfit masters events and there's some 50 year olds who can't even get out of bed and that's that's such a sad paradigm and such a a, a sharp difference in, in quality of life for for people uh, and people take better care of their cars and they do their body in many cases. And I'm just like, I, I don't understand. You just go trade that thing in when it stops working. You can't trade your body in. Yeah. And uh, people just don't pour the energy into it. Well, and right now I'm, I'm working with a couple guys and we own uh, Masters Fitness Club. Yeah. So we're putting on this comp and we're, we're, people are accepting invites. I just got a lady that is 67. She's 5'7", 159 pounds. Yep. Um, don't ask me why I know exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say it's um, specific, but she's going. She's been to CrossFit Games since 2012. Crazy. Like that's someone's grandmother. Yeah. That has oh, a yeah. bicep vein, you know, <laughs> and is flipping tired. I mean, yeah. The the thought process that you have to slow down as you get older is mental. It's yeah. 100 mental. It's and I'm inspired just looking at these people. That's awesome. You know? So. Man, that's, it inspires me too as a, a clinician to say, man, like, let's, like, and I see this in, in PT and other places, right? Like, hey, I'm going to put somebody in the corner and we're going to do glute bridges and other stupid banded exercises because you're 65 years yeah. old. And it's like, no, dude, like, you pick groceries up off the floor. Like, you need to be able to deadlift, weight, right? right? Yeah. Like, add some weight to these things. Uh, self-sufficiency and taking care of yourself as you get older. I mean, obviously, there's mental things that come along with as you get older, things slow down a little bit there, but the body doesn't have to if you take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. Like taking the, the steps to, to fuel yourself well, like that's yeah. that's that's the go-to. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit, kind of, you know, hone in on nutrition a little yeah. bit. What's one of the biggest things that you see athletes struggle with from a nutrition standpoint? <clears throat> one big key area that, that uh, common struggle that you see? Athletes or people in general? So let's, let's start with athletes and then yeah. we'll go people in general. You know, I think they don't listen to their body. So everyone's like, oh, well, you know, you need carbs, you need carbs, you need carbs. And some athletes do. Like, I have I have two games athletes. Let's just look at that. Yep. One is on 450 plus grams of carbs. Wow. Because his body processes and uses that as fuel more efficiently than fats. And then I have another guy who's on, you know, 180 grams of fat. He's only 168 pounds. Wow. So, but he needs that fuel, and that's how he's getting the majority of his calories in. So... The p- listening to other people instead of listening to your body, I would say, is the biggest issue that athletes come across with, you know, how they feel themselves. Yeah, no, that makes sense. They get so many voices from outside, kind of, kind of weighing in on the them. internet. Is not help anyone. It's ruthless. Yeah, it really is. And then you know you have people saying like, you know, you got there are some freaks out there. Sure, there absolutely are. Yeah. Um, Genetics do play a role in this. You yeah, know? definitely. I didn't have abs until I was thirty. <laughs> right. You know, because it was more about fuel. It was. I mean, and I say that I did, but you know, it's. Yeah. it's I wasn't listening to my body. Yeah. The way I should have. I was worried about everyone else. I was worried about this. I was worried about following. You know, running diets that. You know, people so I could speak to them. I run everything for eight weeks just so I could speak. I was doing like carb night, and I was like, <laughs> I was eating to hit my numbers and, and some of these things. I was eating like baseball sized marshmallows. Oh gosh! To get my carb numbers to where it should be, and it, it, the quality of food matters. Like what, what you're putting in matters. People are like, "Well, calories in, calories out." Yes, basically, on yeah. the very basic level, hundred percent. But if you eat. 2,000 calories of trash, and you eat 2,000 calories of good food. I guarantee you, the person that looks that's eating good food, 2,000 calories, looks better. Oh, 1,000. Feels better, less inflammation, less issues in joints. I mean, it's the quality of what you put in your body absolutely matters. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And I love that you you know you're kind of talking about that that idea. I like to talk about that. We kind of screening that with patients too. Yeah. People people take that for granted. They think. Oh, you know, like uh, I'm lifting overhead, and and every time I do a snatch, my shoulder hurts. There's something wrong with my snatch, right? Yeah. Or I'm, I'm missing mobility somewhere, I'm missing control somewhere. And dude, sometimes it's like, dude, you just like you haven't slept in in yeah. weeks, 
and you're you eat like trash it's like dude no wonder your shoulder hurts it's yeah. like i can give you the the 50 best exercises for your shoulder if you're out. yeah if you're not dialing in your nutrition dude you're gonna be a mess yeah i'm with you I so so let's let's shift that question and say let's talk about kind of the average person mm-hmm. now right like somebody who you wouldn't necessarily i mean we're all athletes in some regard yeah. right but but more general population like what's the biggest thing and myth that they struggle with you know i think one of the things that i hear a lot is um is i don't eat after six o'clock or yeah. i'm eating six small meals a day you know yeah. i don't know why i'm not you know losing weight the, those are those are so out of the realm of, of reality at this point. Like I eat right before I go to bed. Yeah. Like, and I have a lot of my clients eat right before they go to mm-hmm. bed. Because how are you going to get the right amount of calories in at the right time if you don't function throughout the whole day? Yeah. You know, and then you know you have people being like, all right, well, I eat six small meals a day because it helps my metabolism. It absolutely doesn't. Like, <laughs> I mean, actually eating less times a day allows your body to do what it's supposed to do. Right, you know, and heal itself and digest food maybe three times a day rather than 15 times a day. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. If your body's constantly digesting, it's never going to, like, fix itself. Yeah. And it's meant to fix itself. Oh, absolutely. So. Right, because then you just end up with this, these peaks of, of, of glucose in your system yeah. and, and, and insulin trying to pump and get that out of there. Yeah. And it's working all day long as opposed to... And then you can't ever really get to a balance. Yeah. So my goal with any client is to find a balance right find a way to keep their blood sugar steady mm-hmm. throughout the day and then we can start attacking metabolism and raising that so right. we start stoking those fires but it's it doesn't help to eat six times a day it doesn't help to not eat after a certain period of time you know i mean unless you're following some sort of intermittent fasting where it's like specific 16 8 and you're like all right 12 to eight that's mm-hmm. the only times I can eat then you have to be very structured with that though right and very precise with those numbers people are like oh well I'll just get all my calories in through that time and it's fine yeah it doesn't really work that way yeah I, I feel like that's become pretty popular like yeah. you know intermittent fasting I, I've heard more and more about it which what's your kind of thoughts on it and and if it works for your schedule then great yeah you know, if it's the key to it is restriction yeah so if you're still eating from 12 to 8 you're still eating shitty food for mm-hmm. like 5,000 calories, you're still not going to lose weight. <laughs> right. You know, it really comes down to controlling what you put in your body, mm-hmm. you know, portion size, things like that. Now, obviously if you're eating a smaller window, it's going to be bigger portion size, yep. but then you have to make sure that you're not doing anything in the other 16 hours that can throw you off of your fast. Yeah. So, and I think people are just like, well, this is super easy. I'll just have my coffee in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> that throws you off the fast. I don't understand. <laughs> Like if you have BCAAs, technically you're off a of fast. You yeah, know, it, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff like when you talk about keto. Yeah, you know, there's there's so many things that can throw you out of ketosis that people are like, oh well, it doesn't have sugar and it has uh, sugar alcohols. Mm-hmm. Well, that throws you out of ketosis. Yeah, all that stuff does. You know, yeah. um, that's a delicate balance, man. I'd love yeah. for you to kind of speak a little bit on keto and, and maybe some of these other fad diets that are so important. <clears throat> you know, I, I love keto I yeah. love it. it it's how my body works and yeah. it's I did a bunch of metabolic testing through um, vital.com and 23andMe and it's like you burn fat 98% better as energy than you do carbs I'm nice like, that makes sense because That's cool. I felt immensely better doing keto I had my best year of uh, competitive fitness doing that I was I two podiums at the largest competitions in and I was the top 20 in the world in my age division yeah you know I mean I felt great why didn't I stay on it it's very difficult to be that strict for two years I was two years on keto and not have anything like a birthday cake yeah you know I mean so reality I'm low carb yep not keto yep so because I mean ketosis is brutal to get into it's very difficult it's hard to, to maintain I feel like a lot of people and, and you, you may know better than me, but it's like people, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm in ketosis. And it's like, dude, like you've been, you just had a piece of whatever, you know, cake or bread I mean, or whatever. If you had a diet soda, you're out. Yeah. You're out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you it, tip the scales. It, it, can literally, it can literally be thrown off as something simple as that. So It's crazy. And people are like, well, I'm low carb. And then they eat like a bunch of fruit and you're just like, are you? What, what is that? <laughs> what do you think that is? That's fructose. I mean, yeah. that's sugar. Sugar. You know, but is it healthy sugar? Sure, maybe. Doesn't matter if you eat too much of it. Like, 
I mean, there's just so many falsities and myths out there that it's very difficult sometimes. And that's why I do what I do in terms of the education process. It's yeah. not really about like keeping people on. And we talked about this. I'm not Weight Watchers. I'm not Jenny Craig. You're not going to be counting. <laughs> um, there's no, there's no, no point foods. I've had people ask me that. What, what doesn't count? It all, <laughs> it all counts. counts. It's all calories, you know? Um, but you know, what it really comes down to is it's about education and making sure people, when I'm done with them, they're on the right path. They yeah. can always check in with me. They can always come back and say, you know, Hey, what do I do in this situation? But after eight weeks, after 16 weeks tops, usually, unless they're a competitive athlete and then yep. I keep them on longer yeah. if they want to, um, they should be well on their way to learning how to reach or maintaining their goal. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest issue is, is people just don't understand squat about nutrition, right? Yeah. I mean, if you ask the average, like you were talking about a second ago, like, oh, you know, I'm, a, I'm keto and, and I'm in ketosis and then they eat fruit. And it's like, people don't know what a carb is versus yeah. a, a, a protein versus, like, they just don't understand. Yeah. And I don't know why uh, people don't understand some of that. I count my macros. What are your macros? Yeah, no I have idea. No idea. <laughs> my calories, that's what are not your macros. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, you know, and I think that comes down to um, who we pump up as our nutrition champions on, like social media and things yeah. like that. It doesn't come down to just having abs. There's a lot of people that don't have abs that are very intelligent. Yep. Um, you know, the majority can get there if they want to. Sure. You know, but. It, it, it's not about like who takes the best pictures mm-hmm. and I think that's the, the issue with the social media and the internet today it's like well that person looks great I want to be like them yeah so then you just blindly follow every single yeah. thing that they, they say and I think you know going back to keto and I think that's why some people just follow some of these other fad diets they just say oh like the guy's got abs like let's let's follow down the carnivore diet or whatever it is but I'd love for you to speak a little bit to, to some of these, these yeah. fad diets man well you know I Everyone's so different. Like I, I don't look at any client and I'm like, oh yeah, you're gonna be, you're gonna be keto or you're gonna yep. be high carb. We have to test it out and find a balance from the get go. Yep. You know, so I'm learning about them. They're learning about what works best for them. They're gonna tell me based on how their body reacts how we need to adjust. So it'd be like, hey, I was really bloated after this meal, and if that was a high carb meal, I'm gonna dial back some of those carbs or maybe adjust the carbs that are in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe up the fats. I try not to over-protein people. Um, I really don't think people need more. Like, I'm 210 pounds. I dig in about 180 to 190 grams. Wow, yeah. Um, which some people would be like, oh, my God, that's a ton. And some people would be like, well, I'll dig in, like, 300. <laughs> right. So, you know, again, it comes down to each individual. But, you know, I think that the they're only fads if people try them and, like, are like, oh, I hate it or I love it. You know, like, for me... Like if I stayed on keto, I would be highly functioning. Yeah, and it's not a fad for me. Yeah, right. Um, it's your lifestyle. Yeah. You know, carnivore is essentially keto. Um, yeah. You know, you're just eating red meat every meal. Yeah. Um, it works for some people. Uh, like we talked about, like some people really love it. I mean, I don't mind eating a steak every meal. Trust me. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, they taste great, but am I getting everything I need nutritionally? Yeah. Am I getting a good balance? You know, and I don't think that anything that takes a whole food group away, unless you have done the research on your own body, um, like people go gluten free. Why are you going gluten free? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you should probably know that before you do it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think those are the things that people just dive in head first without mm-hmm. without knowing what they're doing. They don't do any research on it, and then when they fail, they fail hard. True. You know, and I think we were talking about that. My distaste for things like the, and I think they've loosened up a little bit, but my distaste for Whole30 is like, if you fail, you're done. I mean, yeah. and you have to restart. Like, no one wants that. Now, I'm not a big fan of people being like, well, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of the thought process of, well, I get one day or I get one meal or I get whatever that is, but it's never going to be one meal that ruins something. So should right. you fail if you screw up one meal? I don't think it's failing. I think it's learning. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then too, I think it, again, it, it teaches people not to learn, right? If, if they're doing Whole30, for example, they're just following this script yeah. and then they, I mean, I think there's some 
benefits of you know label reading and things and understanding label what's reading, going on elimination there. diets things like yeah. that so you can really learn your body absolutely but like the str- the, the the rigidity of it yeah is like man I don't even I personally and I know food I don't want to try it because I don't want to fail it yeah like no one wants to fail that stuff. And it's a lot of work too. I'm 25 days in. You're like, holy cow! I just failed this. This sucks. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it again. Can I go back? Yeah. No. No. Thank you. Yeah. So let's talk about you know kind of an individual nutrition planning a little bit. That's kind of your bread and butter. Like yeah. how you know I, I think it's you know I think individual programming in any capacity, be it mm-hmm. uh, fitness, be it mobility, be it whatever. I think that's the the way to go. Mm-hmm. Why would you say that's the the case for nutrition? Because everyone's different. Yeah. Um, so I have. I could have clients that come in with the same body weight, same body fat, same height, same weight, and they still will react differently to food. Uh, I think that, and I was having this conversation with uh, my co-owner at, at the gym, I'm like, I understand people thinking that they could just follow a template yep. for food. Now, I think if someone's coming from the couch to a gym, they can be very basic and get fitter. Mm-hmm. Same thing can happen, sort of, if you've never done anything, to cleaning up your diet a little bit. Like I have, I've had clients be like, all right, like eat something like you're eating right now, pull these things out, but remove soda. Yep. And they're gonna lose weight. Yeah, absolutely. So you remove the thing that is the biggest issue. It's like triage. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, of personalized nutrition and actually wanting to take big steps towards your goal, I think everyone is so different. Like in this room, I'm looking at you. We are built differently. We are, you know, we react to food differently. You know, we have different tastes. You know, it doesn't matter how good something is for you. If you're not going to eat it, it doesn't matter. It's true. You know, so <laughs> if there's something you don't like and I love it and I tell you to eat it, you're like, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it, I mean, you have to be able to, and this is where relationship building comes in. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to understand the mindset of the individual that's sitting across from you. I started implementing Enneagrams. Yeah. Understanding that, like, <laughs> I used to say, like, the only tool in my toolbox is a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you, and that works for like 3% of people. Yeah. So, understanding how someone is motivated, understanding how to motivate someone based on their personality type, and, and that only happens if you build a relationship. Mm. So, I can't kick everyone in the ass because some people just don't react to that. Yeah. I react to that. Right. Yeah, my, that's how my father raised me. Like yeah. it was, like, and he, like, my parents are very loving. I'm very blessed to have two parents yeah. who care about me. Um, very different parenting styles. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot of, a lot of foot to rear. <laughs> right. Um, and I respond to that because that's like just how I react best. You know, you tell me I'm doing something wrong, I fix it. Mm-hmm. It's not like I don't need to be coddled. Yeah. Um, and some people need a little bit of coddling. Yeah. Some people need a pat on the back instead of kicking the ass. You know. Yeah. So and understanding that with each individual is is how you individualize food. Um, having them understand that it's a personal journey, yeah. and they need to be very open with me. Like over twelve years, I've heard an amazing amount of things I never thought I would hear in my life sure. from people. Mm. Um, personal things about. Yeah about their internal works yeah um, I mean let's just say I talk about I talk we talk about poop a lot yeah right um, I talk about uh, women's time of the month a lot yeah because despite me being a male the majority of my clientele is female yeah um, and you know that hasn't ever been an issue sure um, I used to caliper people yeah um, and I stopped doing that I use an in-body now yeah um, and because uh, it just takes takes that, that <laughs> yes. out of the way. Yes, so it does. There's no scaring uh, a female that she has to be pinched or yep. has to wear some loose-fitting clothes or anything yeah. crazy like that. So, I mean, I think it's understanding that, that you know, everyone's different. And to, to really get roundabout <laughs> way back to it is understanding that everyone's different. And just because they present certain things doesn't mean that they fit a certain pattern. There is no pattern. Yeah. So everything I do is starts from a blank sheet of paper. Yeah, which I think is key too. You know, hey, it, this is your lifestyle. Like, what do you like to eat? What do you not like to eat? I love how you pulled the Enneagram in there, right? Like, what is your personality type? Again, we talked about this in the past. Like, dude, if, if I just bang you on the head with a hammer and say this is the the best way yeah. and this is what's going to help you lose weight, again, we don't create sustain you know sustainability yeah. for someone at that point and and. 
I think, in my opinion, that's some problems with some things that people have too, right? That they just there's nothing. They don't create something that's sustainable. They they find themselves running the gamut and trying every fad diet or trying everything in order to create a, a lifestyle change, and they just never do. One of my questions with my clients is, what are some non-negotiables? What are some things that you need? Yeah. And some people, the younger younger people I have, some of them like, I said, I need to have a drink. Yeah. And uh, I mean, all right, you're an adult. I'm not going to tell you not to drink. <laughs> here's what happens when you do drink. Here's what we need to watch for. And here's how we allot for those calories. Yep. Because if you're sticking to a calorie level, it needs to be adjusted. Yep. So if you're drinking, then we need to adjust that. Yeah. And as long as they understand that, and there's accountability there. I think accountability is the one thing that makes the biggest difference overall. So I, I'll, I'll go through eight to 16 weeks with someone and they're doing fantastic because they see me every two weeks. Yep. Then I see them in about six months and they're like, hey, I need to restart with you. Because <laughs> the yeah. accountability is there and then that's what they need. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you've got somebody holding you accountable, checking in with you. Yeah. Like, hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, are, are you doing the things we talked about, right? Like that, that motivates people as well, I, I, I think. So what do you think, what is the biggest reason people kind of fail some of their, their diet nutrition plans? Um, I'm sure probably come up with uh, 200. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I take every failure really, really hard because yeah. um, I, I try to analyze what I did wrong. Yeah. The majority of people, I would say, aren't ready. That's fair. Um, if they think they're ready, they've talked to people and people try to convince them what they should be. Mm-hmm. They don't come for their reasons, so they're not ready. Um, I, have a, I had a guy that just came back to me. He's like, the first time I just wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready to listen to someone else. Mm. Uh, no matter what you look like, no matter <laughs> what you do, how long you've done it, I wasn't ready to do that. Sure. Um, he was ready this time. Now he's doing well. That's cool. Um, but. You know, I think that if you restrict people, restriction is is another way that, like, I don't take foods away from people. Like, I'm going to teach you how to eat everything. Obviously, I'm not going to teach you how to eat a Snickers bar. <laughs> but, like, I also try to teach grace. Yeah, that's huge. You can't you can't be perfect. Like, I'm not perfect. So, I don't, so I, after my almost the majority of my life doing this, mm. expecting perfection from someone else when I'm not perfect is, like... That's a recipe for disaster. Dude, so true. So, so true. Yeah, like, I, I, Grace is huge, right? Like, I, I tell my patients to go to bed earlier because it's going to allow their body to heal. But it's like, dude, sometimes I'm up a little later than I should, too. Yeah. It's reality. That's life, you know? Yeah. And, and I love that. Hey, extend yourself some, some grace yeah. along the way. 100%. Hey, we can tie that into I'd love to, to know your thoughts on this. Uh, you, people are obsessed with their scale, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to step on my scale three, four, five times a day and, and track and watch things going on. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Um, if a client's working with me, I try to get them not to get on scale at all. Because yeah. first of all, you're going to have variances in different scales, and different so, calibrations, things like that. So I'd rather than just every two weeks get on my scale and we'll go from there. Yep. Um, that being said, now, I weigh every morning, every night. Mm-hmm. Because I want to, sh- first of all, it's my job. Yep. But I want to show people that you're going to gain some weight during the day. Like right. I wake up at 2.06, I go to sleep at 2.13. Like that's a normal day. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't get fatter. You know, I'm hydrated. I have food in me. You know, I, I didn't get, I didn't get gained seven pounds of fat. You know? <laughs> and people are just so worried about that number. And it's just a number. Like yeah. I would rather, pe- and if someone brings up BMI to me, Oh boy, what, what a horrible number. I am morbidly measure. obese by government standards. <laughs> morbidly. I should be 175 pounds, and I haven't been 175 pounds since I was like in fourth grade. It's crazy. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where people get so hooked up on these numbers yeah. and so caught up on them that they dominate what they think health is. Mm. So, one of the things I tell people, I'm like, honestly, this is your weight. I could totally go after weight and I could get you to drop weight, but your health number, your body fat mm. could probably stay the same. If you're at 30, I could drop you 30 pounds, but you're going to be at 30 still if we do it the wrong way. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, if I go after body fat, your weight will regulate somewhere where your body feels best yeah. and your, your internal health will be better because you have less body fat. Mm. And that's really the key. And I always tell people, I'm like, the leaner you get, the more fun you have, the more yeah. food you get. I mean. <laughs> right. The more efficient your body is at burning calories, then you know you can have those meals where you're like, well, you know, it's it's a birthday or an anniversary. Like, I don't think people should miss moments 
because they're on diet. Yeah. You know? So true. Like, I mean, I'll tell you on my birthday, my wife got me a cake and I ate probably half of it. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. And, and honestly, did I, did I beat myself up over it? No, I didn't. Yeah. Which is huge. I, I think people do that, right? They, they, Again, they restrict themselves to death, and then they they go and have cake, and then they just feel so guilty that that, that it's, it's over. It's the effort. Right. All of a sudden, they're like, "Well, I cheated once. Now I'm just gonna. The next three days are gonna be a disaster. Oh and, yeah. And they're gonna eat everything, and they're gonna feel terrible. Um, and I think that that's part of that failure thought process. Mm-hmm. Like if I fail once, it's over. Yeah. You know. And I think where grace comes in is is right there. You know, mm-hmm. you can have a meal. That one meal is never going to be the reason why this doesn't work. Right. So, you know, do not eat a salad on the side when everyone else is having cake at your kid's birthday. Yeah. Have a piece of cake. Right. Like, I I do a lot of remote. So, one of the great things that came from COVID is I do a lot of remote nutrition now. Yeah. I work remotely with people. um, And, you know, COVID didn't cancel birthdays. So, people still had those. So, like... You know, I walk people through eating eating cake and pizza and stuff yeah. like that, birthday parties and, and events. You know, I walk people through menus. You know, yep. it's it's important that people know that they don't have to be hermits to reach mm. a goal. Um, so good. Menus, I mean, God, it's a service industry. They do what you want to do. Right. You just have to ask. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd love for you to maybe speak on that a little bit. You know, people get, because yeah, eating is such a social thing. I know mm-hmm. for me, right, like, if you're out and about with somebody, right? Everybody's having drinks. You want to have a drink, or everyone's having fries and and burgers or whatever. You you want to get in on that too, right? So like, kind of, how do you talk somebody through that? Like eating out. You know, it's it's about choices. Um, so like, if you want the burger, so say you're on something that's uh, calorically, you're you're like, all right, well, I have this many calories, this many carbs. Yep. Either you get the burger with the bun, or you get the burger with no bun and the fries. I mean, yep. are you missing out? Yep. Not really. Yeah. You know. Um, like I have a guy up in New York. He's seventy-one years old, fitness nut. He's a, he's like a fanatic, <laughs> uh, and he works out a lot. And I had to actually get him to eat more. It's crazy, you know. People don't understand. Like, oh, I want to be lean. I gotta eat less. Yeah. You know, no, you gotta eat food to fuel your body, your output. This guy's like swims, runs, and bikes every day. I'm like, those guys are impressive. I, he, the dude is, and he works out. Like, oh, I does know, he? I don't even I, know how do you have time for that? I have no idea. <laughs> Um, but like he wasn't eating it, so we had to get him to eat. But like you know, walking him through his favorite restaurants menus, so he could get what he wants and go out and do those things. I mean, you're 71. You earned it, dude. Right? Please <laughs> go eat something you want, but understand that you know we'll just adjust things in other places to allow for it. That's really what this whole if it fits your macros thought process, where you could eat like. A whole pizza and all this stuff fits your macros. You can't do that every day. The reason it was created was to allow for moments. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. so you can enjoy things without feeling like you ruined everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the thought process. So I'm like, I say cheat meal. I don't like the word cheat meal. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a moment where you eat something that you've been craving, that you yeah. want. Uh, and then you go right back to whatever you do. Yeah. So That's huge, man. I yeah. love it. Last question: What is the uh, what's the easiest first step someone can take to kind of create a, a change for uh, their health and wellness? Listen to your body. Yeah, hundred percent. Like most people are like, they, they don't know how bad they feel. Dude, so true. So yeah. true. So if if you start to like eat like if you eat something and you have a negative reaction or you're achy or your knees and your shoulders, your elbows hurt, everything hurts, and you don't know the difference between hurt and wellness. Mm-hmm. You need to take stock of what you're eating. I would write down your food. Yeah. First step, write down your food. If you have some data to look at it, you're going to be like, and listen, I'm the guy that writes down like if I had three M&Ms. Okay. So like I keep some M&Ms in the fridge, in the freezer, just to make sure like I can get like a taste of something. I'll have one, but I'm writing it down. So, you know, I mean, if you write down your food, that's some accountability too. If you're, if you write down your food, but omit certain things. (laughs) then you're not being accountable to yourself. So yeah. I would say I would say listen to your body and um, understand what what feeling good is. Yeah. Oh man, dude, so many people don't understand yeah. that they feel so bad. Yeah. And then you start talking about it. like injuries especially, like in my my case, right? Somebody's like, you know, how long has the shoulder pain been going on? They're like, oh you know, a couple of weeks and they start thinking about it, they're like, 
dude, I've been doing this for six to eight months, yeah. right? Or I felt like crap for six to eight months because I've been eating like trash because mm-hmm. of life, you know what I mean? And it's just crazy. Like, people don't realize how great your, your body can be and how well you can feel mm-hmm. uh, until they start taking those steps, so. Well, I mean, I think during these crazy times, you know, and we are probably, 2020 is probably the strangest, craziest, <laughs> most backwards year that it could be. Yep. The only thing you control is yourself. So true. You can control what you do to yourself, how you respond to yourself, how you react to yourself, how much grace you have to yourself. You know, three years ago, um, actually next month, my wife almost died. Um, And through that period of time, helping her learn to walk again and all this stuff, I was in the best shape of my life because the only thing I could control and stop me from falling apart was how I treated my body. Yeah, I was literally as lean as I've ever been. I was performing fitness-wise as well as I've been, uh, and it was the most chaotic time in my life because I decided that I needed to control the one thing I could. And I think people lose track of that. They're like, "Oh, well, you know, this happened and that happened." Well, you have a response to those things. Mm. You choose not to use it. Mm. So good. So so good, man. All about the response, dude. I, I mean, love it. The only thing you control is you. So true. Yeah. I've been uh, you know, reading a lot of stoic philosophy, and like that's that's like those guys just eat that stuff up, man. I, I've I've done so much research, and despite what people probably think, because I look like a meathead, yeah, um, I have quite a library of you know, green books. Uh, so good, uh, you know, power of attraction, laws of laws of power, laws of attraction, um, even like you know. I realize self-help business books yeah, and all so that stuff comes to mindset. So true. Victim mindset or leader mindset, mm. you know? So even if you're leading just yourself, be a leader, choose the tougher path because if you want to follow someone into, you know, pain and, and anguish, then man, that's just, that's a choice, <laughs> right. you know, you, but you understand that you made that choice. No one, no one made that for you. Man, so good, so good. This is pure gold, man. Jamie, how do we find out more about you, dude, and uh, um, if we want to get in contact with you? Man, honestly, uh, I guess Instagram? Yeah, perfect, um, that's perfect. It's 27, the, the number 27, health and wellness. Yeah, perfect. Um, email jamie at 27health.com. Perfect. Um, yeah, reach we'll, out. We'll, we'll drop that in the uh, comments as always. Dude, Jamie, this was awesome, man. I appreciate your time appreciate and uh, hanging out with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast. Don't forget, educate yourself, surround yourself with positivity, and take care of your body. It's the only one you get. Education is the key to a stronger and healthier you, one person and one community at a time. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating and leave us comments. If you want to find out more about us and how to maximize your health and performance, check out our clinic on Instagram at Momentum underscore Sports PT or at MomentumSportsPT.com.